When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Drafted in 1988 in the 62nd round, the 1390th pick overall. Today, he calls Cooperstown home. Mike Piazza, welcome to the Hall of Fame. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. We have to address address uh, some breaking news here. Act just hit on it. Paulie and I were just talking about it off air. Woj bomb. So Adrian Wojnarowski reports that Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies guard John Moran has entered a counseling program in Florida, and there remains to be no timetable for his return to active play. So Paulie, turn your mic on. We just had this conversation. We'll have it. Again, for folks on air, because we both had different views, right? At first, I said, oh, he's done for the season. And Paulie's on the phone. He's answering calls. But Paulie goes, nah, he'll be there for a month. And then I go, a month? I guess that's the rest of the regular season for the NBA. But how long can you stay in a counseling program with no drug or alcohol problem? It was reported that this young man dropped $50,000 in the strip club sober. It was reported that this young man was great. You know, he, he was tipping everyone. He was behaved um, in the club in Denver. But now he's going away to Florida, away from the team, with no timetable for his return. <laughs> I just look at it like this. Okay, this guy embarrassed himself, embarrassed the franchise. You've heard me speak about how Powerade Drink rebranded and came back with him as the face of their drink. They just ran an ad talking about how he grew up, how he trained, and how he became John Morant. Well, now they've pulled that ad. Nike dropped Kyrie Irving. Knowing they had John Morant lined up, they launched his new sneaker, the Jaw One, and now they're kind of quiet on the home front because they they dropped Kyrie over an Amazon link, and then they signed John Morant, and John Morant is tied to guns and violence and flashes a gun in the club yes it was a five inch little bb gun but it was still a gun and uh what are they counseling him for social media what to do and not do as a professional athlete with a max contract 200 million dollars on social media i guess we are getting to a point where you know i don't mean to joke about it there are people that need counseling from social media because it is addicting it is a drug there are a lot of young people um, I mind you that he's 23, he's in that age. There are a lot of young people addicted to social media that can't do without it, that can't separate from it. But I really think uh, this is the NBA just trying to pull him away from the headlines, right? They're, you know, they're embarrassed right now. This guy was the number two overall pick. He was emerging as one of the faces of the franchise. Some were even, you know, whispering MVP around his name going into this year. He famously said, I'm good in the West. When asked about his competition in the Western Conference, I'm in here watching the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Dallas Mavericks right now, who they should be able to beat. It's 25-25 on ESPN NBA Monday if you want to check that out. 
Yeah, no, it's a, and I said it, it's a bad look for the Shield, and people always re- refer to the NFL logo as the Shield. No, it's every single pro sports And the league. NFL don't care. The NFL has right. let a lot of ridiculous things like yes. this. NFL would be like, okay, just, just chill out. Chill out. <laughs> but this is a bad look for the NBA. It was a bad look last week when it broke, when you have a guy who is a young superstar like John Morant involved in fighting and gun things and this, that, the other thing. And not only did this happen, it happened. And then a, like 14 hours later, he's out showing yeah. a gun at a strip club. Child. Sober, not sober, whatever. He's a kid. He's a, yes, he's a kid. I'm not taking up for him. I'm saying right. that was childish. Yes. And you I doubled down on the accusations yes. by going live on Instagram in a strip club after you lost the game in Denver yep. and you flash a little five inch gun next to your face. Right. I don't know what he's, and again, may, hopefully he gets the right people around him because um, clearly he doesn't have the right people around him now. And I know a, a lot of his stuff is his parents are like attached at his hip, apparently. Yeah, which is crazy. He- which, and, and again, maybe it's because they never had what Ja has, right? Team, team they, Morant. I mean, all right, so I got to step never in had, here. They never had his money, right? So maybe, and I don't know how they were growing up, but the major, but Ja Morant won the life lottery. Like he won the, he scratched off the ticket and he won it. Like a lot, 99% of the people in the world, in this country, whatever, they don't win that lottery. He won the lottery and he's getting close to th- to ripping up the ticket and throwing it away. So with Team Morant, I would say Team Morant is, just as famous as John Morant. They, you know his dad from being on the sideline, being so supportive. There's a viral TikTok where they take Eminem's 8 Mile verse where he, he he's talking about you, you went to a private school. You went to Crestwood, uh, a private school. You know, what's your real name? And the, the running joke on John Morant is that he did go to a private school. His sister also is playing basketball. She's in college. Like, his parents, like, he he wasn't gangster. He wasn't street. His parents kept him out of that. He he came from a two-parent household. So where I've gotten with all of this, you hear about the incident from the summer where supposedly uh, he beat up a, a teenage kid over a game of basketball, left, came back, and brandished a firearm. Then you hear about the Pacers bus after the Grizzlies faced the Pacers and allegedly a laser was pointed into their bus and people said it came from John Morant's crew. You see him during the game. I forget who hit a three. Maybe it was Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks hit a three and he's mocking the whole allegations of him being, you know, tied to guns and violence. And he's doing this like air gun celebration. And then not long after that, he pops up on Instagram live in the club in Denver, flashing a gun. And it was also reported that Steven Adams spoke to the team that day to say, hey, guys, we got to be better and all this stuff. And so he just went completely rogue against the team, against the accusations. That's a 23-year-old kid who needs a reality check, and he's getting one right now. And I think the biggest thing they're doing, because I said this on air, I said usually when these athletes get caught up in the club scene, the nightlife scene, in violence, uh, trying to act like they're tough because they're around actual gangsters, they're around actual street people that have money, so they're, you know, they're crossing paths, they don't want to get robbed. Like, you know, we've heard about this before in sports. Those guys usually get traded, right? They, they usually trade them out of the city that they're mixing it up with the wrong crowd. 
the trade deadline's over. You can't trade John Morant. So instead, they're sending him to Florida to a counseling program, and we don't know when he's going to return. There's no timetable for his return. But my first question is, a counseling program for what? They said he was sober. He doesn't do any drugs. He's an athlete. They're going to counsel him on not trying to be a gangster on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested, and maybe it's a, you know, a, a medical law situation. What and why Woj doesn't know what he's being counseled for? I would think this is generic life counseling and how to be an adult or how to be a better adult counseling and handling his finances better and just not acting like an 18 or a 19 year old and acting kind of what what your age and what how you should be acting. I guess, but it's. The whole thing, one, it's sad, and you hope he honestly, if there's an issue, because I know it was floated, a, the mental health issue obviously was floated out there last week. I have no idea if that's the reason, whatever, but hopefully he's okay, right? That's the first thing is hopefully John Morant is fine up there and everything is good, and hopefully whatever counseling he's getting now is helping him. That's paramount. Yeah. On the other hand, I don't know. <laughs> he's... This is the punishment when you get the lot when you get the winning scratch off ticket, and you mess up, and it looks bad for your organization, for your employer, and it looks bad for your employer and your parent company, which is the NBA. This is what happens. This isn't just and there's nothing to a player empowerment, none of that crap, right? This is what happens when you don't, when you make your company and make your franchise look bad, and that is what happened. Because now everyone is going to tie. How many other 23-year-old NBA players do this and they just do it better? Yeah, I don't know. We'll move on from that. I am glad that there are no superstars or super thugs on the Brooklyn Nets. John is in Hempstead, New York. John, you're on the fan. Go for it. Hello? Hello. Oh, yeah, can I just say something about the Nets? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before you said earlier about Sean Mark. Yeah, I don't get why everyone hates him. He's what could you do with KG, Kyrie, and Harden? It's all it's, anyone's thing with that is just Steve Nash. <laughs> yeah, you know somebody's got to take the the brunt of everything. So with all the moves that have been made for the Nets over the last three four years, it's going to be Sean Marks. He's yeah, he's, and Steve Nash would have probably also put Cam Thomas in the lineup now if he's going for forty, even though they might not win. Yeah. Great point. I talked about this today on Talking Nets podcast. Thanks for the call, John. You should check that out. Nets fans, if you want to hear more of me defending Sean Marks, which I did not think I was going to do, right? I remember in the summer saying, Sean Marks, we trusted you. And now look at this. KD wants out. He wants you fired. He wants Nash fired. What is going on in this Nets world? But the only thing I'm mad about with Sean Marks is taking on Ben Simmons and his contract. I sat right here in the Cardin Roberts studio. The first time we even heard rumblings of a James Harden trade with the Sixers involving Ben Simmons. And I said, no, he's a baby. He's not going to be able to play here. He won't last in New York. You can't take on that max contract. He's making $35 million. Make James Harden wait it out and stay. We can't fall into this trap. Don't believe anything they tell you. And look where the Nets are. Sean Marks deserves a lot of credit, though. Because all things considered, right, the way that he got out of the KD Kyrie era, I'm not mad at. I'm not mad at the Hall. I'm not mad at the return. And when I see what they're doing in their destinations, I'm not mad at the present. I'm not mad at what the Nets have and what the Nets can potentially do. 
when you go look at these NBA standings, your Brooklyn Nets are the fifth seed. And when you go look at the Western Conference and you go look at the Suns, they're the fourth seed, but they could easily drop and and be lower when we get to the actual playoffs without KD for this next month. And the Mavericks are eighth. They're a play-in team. Who knows what's exactly going to happen with them with Luka resting and uh, him not being at full strength and them needing to rely on Kyrie Irving. And right now it seems Kyrie Irving wants to talk about kids making Teslas and how gambling is ruining the game of basketball and how we watch basketball for three hours and uh, we think we know him and how there's 15 guys on the team, but he's always the cancer. <laughs> Seems like Kyrie's going through some things. Him and Luka are out tonight. They're missing their second consecutive game because of injuries. And right now Memphis has got the lead 33-31 on them without John Moran. I think that they'll be fine. I think they'll they'll be just fine. But uh, my, my thing right now with Sean Marks is what – What did Nets fans expect this guy to do? My number one thing with him is that he is available. He is accountable. When the trade happened, he shows up in front of the microphones. You never have to look for Sean Marks. If you need an answer, he's available to answer questions. If something happens with the Brooklyn Nets, he's right in front of that step and repeat that says Brooklyn on it. And he's answering those questions. He's not ducking or hiding from any decisions he has to make. And he's had to make some tough decisions. Anybody would have taken on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And in doing that, he ends up taking on DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin and a bunch of other cast of characters, including James Harden and Ben Simmons, whatever. The reality is, through all of that, the Nets are the fifth seed. They have a team that's still competitive, and they have a brighter future than they did after the last superstar stretch. I'm not mad at Sean Marks. I'm really not. Andrew is in Port Jefferson, New York on the fan. You got it, Andrew. Go for it. Hey, Keith, thanks for taking my call, man. Uh, listen, no I'm a big big fan, uh, huge Mets fan, huge Knicks fan, huge Rangers fan. Better time than it has been in a lot of years uh, for my sure. fandom. But uh, when it comes to John Morant, you know, I think it's an unfortunate situation for him, for the team, for the league, because he's such a superstar. I, I love watching him play basketball. It's amazing. But, you know, I think it's important to realize that with therapy and, and counseling, you know, it's not just for drug use and abuse. I'm a teacher who works with students with emotional disturbance. And, you know, you got to develop coping skills for anger and stuff. And if you're a millionaire who went to a good school and you're beating up 17-year-olds year old, and pointing guns at them, you clearly do need some counseling, in my opinion. Yeah, he does need counseling. And I'm, I'm talking to someone online right now that's like, you know, you could be in counseling for childhood trauma. You could be, And I wasn't saying that, but I'm saying this guy hasn't been charged with anything. And he also doesn't have a history of doing like any type of drugs. This is, I think this is this is being painted as okay. He's in counseling. Uh, we'll see how long it takes. But I'm just like, what is he in counseling for? Like, maybe there's deeper rooted issues that we just don't know. Like, you know, we're kind of alluding to. But I don't know. I think this is the NBA saying, you've uh, done a lot of negative in a short amount of time. We need to hide you. We can't have you return. We thought it was only going to be a handful of games. Uh, instead, we're going to have you go away for a month. Paulie seems to think he'll be back for the playoffs, right? The NBA needs their superstars in the playoffs. I think he might be done for the season. The Grizzlies actually weren't bad without him last year. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, a 30-day counseling show good faith. I mean, it's not going to fix childhood trauma for him, obviously, but 
I think this is a way for him to get back into the league before playoffs, you know, not be sat for the year. And, you know, we'll see what happens to him. Hopefully he matures moving forward because everyone wants to see him stay in the league, obviously. Yeah, we don't want to see this as something that completely ends his career. Thanks for the, the call, Andrew. Certainly don't, not saying that. We're, he hasn't necessarily done – he hasn't been charged for anything. He hasn't necessarily done anything that would make anybody say, oh, he doesn't deserve to play basketball anymore. I just thought it was odd that we were expecting him to miss a handful of games. He hasn't been suspended and he hasn't been charged, but yet the news that broke 25 minutes ago is he's enter, entering a counseling program for, far away in Florida, and there's no timetable for his return. Okay, so that leads more people to think and wonder and speculate, and that's all we're doing. But we're going to do the Aaron Rodgers conversation, and we have some Yankee calls. Of course I want to talk about the Yankees, but today is... A one-year anniversary of something that just will forever grind my gears. Today is the one-year anniversary, and I, I wonder if we could even go back a, a year ago and see what I said on air. One year ago, the New York Yankees traded for Josh Donaldson, Isaiah Conifalefa, and Ben Rortvet, and I think that's one of the biggest stains, <clears throat> excuse me, biggest stains on Brian Cashman's recent time as GM. And also a huge stain for a guy that just got a four-year extension. And we'll see what happens with those players. Ben Rortved is barely a, a real player. I think he's shut down again because of injury. IKF they gave $6 million to this year when you know you have more than enough infielders. And Josh Donaldson, for the amount of money he makes, over $20 million, we're just forced to watch him fail. And then when he fails, we'll be forced to watch him, and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, he's going to turn the corner any minute now. That's Josh Donaldson. That was Josh Donaldson. Yankee fans, call me up with your thoughts on that, as well as the spring that Anthony Volpe and Jason Dominguez has put together, uh, have put together. Uh, spoiler alert, neither one of them are going to be on the opening day roster. They're not doing that. They're just not. And I know you'd be super excited as a Yankees fan to go into the season and see those guys in the Bronx. It's business. They have a plan for these guys. They're going to make sure that these guys graduate from double A, from triple A, and that they're ready to go because the pinstripes are heavy. And you also don't want to ruin these young guys by forcing them into action too soon. Keith McPherson on the fan, 877-337-6666 is a five-hour show. We got plenty of time. I'll be right back. Your official station to talk Jets, the fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. We've touched on Aaron Rodgers, of course. John Morant news just hit. We gave the Devils some love. They deserve our love. And the Brooklyn Nets have won five out of six. They're holding that fifth place spot. People have called about those things. We're mixing it up. I told you, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to dominate the five hours. But we'll try to fit in some sports news and sports stories as we proceed. But... I'm taking Yankees calls next. I'm taking Aaron Rodgers calls next. And, uh, yeah, also wanted to put a RIP out there to Yankees all-star and gold glover way before my time, Joe Pepitone. Uh, I think you might have heard Ack say it, or you probably heard it on Carton and Roberts, but now I wanted to put an RIP out as well on my show. Let's take a call from Jake out in Las Vegas, Nevada on the fan. Hi, Keith. How are you? I'm good. Can't complain. How are you? 
You know something? I listen to you so much out here. You are such a joy. You really are, my friend. Oh, thank you. And I love it. I love it when you talk baseball. Yeah. And I remember hearing you, you know, over the year that you've been on a year and a half, talking many times about when you started out, you didn't get to go to the ballpark when you were younger and so forth. But everybody remembers their first time, and I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. But my first time, Keith, was 59 years ago. That's when the Red Sox and the Yankees played at Yankee Stadium. And it was a doubleheader. You would have loved it. You would have been so happy. Else, I was a Red Sox fan. Okay. And else, we came up from Vermont. And Elston Howard Knight, an old catcher, was his night. And the Yankees won 10-2 to 2 and 6-1 to 1 in the doubleheader. So you would have been delirious. Play two, and, take two. Awesome. <laughs> but you know what? Yastrzemski, Carl Yastrzemski, was my hero, you know, being a Red Sox fan. And he hit a two-run homer in the game where they lost 10-2. to 2, And he scored on a run-scoring double in the second game when the only run they got against Whitey Ford. But anyway, the only reason I called you up is to thank you so much for your baseball but guess what? That day in that park, Joe Pepitone hit three home runs. Legend. And we'll see. Isn't that a good cool story yep. for today? Give him his flowers and uh, respect to him and his family. And rest in peace to Joe Pepitone. Great story, Jake. Thank you for the call. You're- um, yeah, where do we go from there? Uh, for the Yankees fans listening, uh, if you've heard me over the last week from the time that we heard about. <sighs> The signings that Brian Cashman made and all the injuries, right? It's It's been a running theme on Yankees Twitter. Everybody this guy signs gets hurt. And injuries are a part of baseball, especially in spring training. You heard me say it wouldn't be Yankees spring training without a couple injuries and setbacks. It is what it is. The focus should be on having the best team, the most healthy team we could have come October. And what I'll say before we take your calls and talk about the Yankees in this current situation and this one-year anniversary is that you have a few times that you can improve your team. The Yankees are in the window still for the next few months, but really right now, right, to make some trades. I think we heard Aaron Boone last week say that the roster could be a lot different. They can make trades in spring training to free up some space, to fill some voids. Brian Cashman, spotlight's on you, bro. Work your magic. That's what you do. I referenced you bringing us a platinum glove catcher last spring when we realized Ben Rortvet wasn't really going to even participate, couldn't go in the season with just Higgy. You know, Higgy's in the World Baseball Classic now because you have Jose Trevino. You have a platinum glove catcher. But now you have too many infielders, and now you have young guys making noise, and now you have a fan base that's looking at your moves and questioning your decision-making and your medical team and... How did we get here, right? When you look at the Frankie Montas deal with Lou Trevino, both of those guys are out. And they gave up J.P. Sears and Ken Waldachuk, two guys who could possibly be in the rotation. J.P. Sears made starts for the Yankees last year, and he was solid. He was pretty good. I remember taking a call from someone from South Carolina that like grew up in his town. Got rid of him, got, got rid of Waldachuk and Luis Medina. And so now you have those two guys that aren't going to be ready for opening day. Frankie Montas may miss the entire year. Scott Efros is going to miss the entire year. You traded for him at the deadline. He made a few appearances and then was done. Couldn't help us in October. The Yankees are going to have to rely on Clark Schmidt and Domingo Herman to start the year. Carlos Rodon, I'm not worried about as far as the whole season, but it is a little worrisome when you knew that he had an injury history 
And, of course, we all celebrated the signing because there wasn't that many other big moves. You know, <laughs> they got finesse for the, ju- the judge contract, but they had to do it. Hal Steinbrenner, please go read that article. There's an article out there, I think, on The Athletic with Aaron Judge um, and giving you the insights to the fact that the Padres put up $415 million to try and sway him. And uh, how, without Hal Steinbrenner, there's a chance that Judge goes elsewhere, whether it would have been uh, to the Padres or the Giants. But, you know, more props and respect for Hal. But I look at Hal like, hey, man, I know you love Brian Cashman. It's 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 been forever that Cashman has been the GM. But he doesn't get held accountable. And he's got a four-year contract, and I get it. Here in New York, he's the best GM because of the winning percentage right every year the Yankees are competitive they haven't had a losing season in however long yeah duh because of the fact that the Yankees and the resources they have and the fan base they have and the money that they have but somebody's got to be held accountable for consistent moves to bring in players that are either hurt or are no good and signing them to contracts like Aaron Hicks is signed to I can't do it with Aaron Hicks folks I told you last week, and I know I'm on late sometimes. It's 1, 2, and people listening right now at 8.30, they're not, they're not up listening to WFAN. But I said after I saw him miss that pop-up in the first inning against the Pirates in spring training last week, done. It'd be done. You are a veteran. You are signed to a seven-year, $70 million deal, and you are already in a position where you got to play perfect. You have to play flawless baseball, which is impossible. Baseball is a sport where you're going to mess up. You're going to commit errors. You're going to strike out. And so now this guy is getting booed every at-bat in spring training. We cannot do this on opening day and beyond. For what? A couple dollars? This guy again, nonchalantly, in left field against the Red Sox. I, I, I was hoping that that ball went foul. It didn't. We cannot, we can't do it, folks. I can't do it. As a Yankees fan, I can't do it with Aaron Hicks in left field. Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me three times. Fool me, can't fool me again. The guy can't play the position. So if they want to get him some at-bats, I don't even want to talk about how to fit Aaron Hicks into the Yankees because there's no reason to, especially when you have young talent that's forcing your hand, that's saying, hey, we're pretty good. We're ready to go. And we know you're not going to start the clock on those guys. But you're going to force us to watch Aaron Hicks in left field. He's not the answer. He wasn't the answer last year. I don't want to be sold on, oh, he's going to have... No, we've seen it in spring training. The fact that this guy is so nonchalant going after the ball in left field, that's a liability. And I'm sure the pitchers that are on the mound while he's in left field, they're not going to appreciate it. Frankie Montas probably didn't appreciate it on Derek Jeter night. And that is burned into my mind. I've said it a hundred times. I'll never get the sights and sounds out of my head of Yankees fans chanting, we want Gallo, Joey Gallo, after this guy stops and quits on a ball that's in play. You can't have it in the major leagues. They have enough guys on this roster. They have enough guys in AAA that are going to go Balls to the wall in left field and make that play. Or at least try. You can't, like, I, I can't do it with Aaron Hicks. I can't do it with Josh Donaldson. I can't with, I, like, is are the Yankees trying to win a World Series? I feel like every year, this is going on 14 years, that the Yankees are moving further away from that goal. 
I'm glad, actually, that we're hearing less and less of that coming out of spring training. We're getting less quotes from the players saying, yeah, we're trying to bring 28 back to New York. We're trying to bring a title back to the city. We're trying to have a parade in Manhattan. Like, those guys aren't talking like they were last year because they realize the big bad wolf is in Houston and they're not going anywhere and they just won another World Series so that we can't even say anything about the one with the asterisk. If the Yankees are for real, I can't do it with Josh Donaldson at third base, IKF at short, Aaron Hicks in left field. There shouldn't even be a trial period in the beginning of this season. But I know there will be. I know there will be. And uh, I'll be stepping out to have a kid, so I'll be at home. You won't hear me ranting and raving about it on the fan. I'll be, you know, uh, I don't know. I won't be, I guess I'll be burping my kid and changing diapers, yelling at the TV as we're watching Josh Donaldson look at fastballs right over the middle of the plate, IKF boot routine grounders, and Aaron Hicks watch balls in left field. Oh, is it foul? Is it fair? No, it's fair, and runs are being scored. 877-337-6666. Let's talk Yanks. Dominic, my guy in East Rochester, on the fan. You're not going to talk Yankees without Dom from East Rochester, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I queued you up perfectly. It's not working. That left fielder <laughs> that you gave a contract to, he's cooked. He's done. No, 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 Keith. You are not You are not going to drag me into wasting some of my time talking about it, Aaron Hicks. <laughs> okay, it's anything else you got? Anything else no, you got, Dom? It's, not... <laughs> you know, it's almost like Rodgers. And, and I do have... 10 seconds on Rodgers. You're absolutely right. We don't know this guy, but you know enough to know this guy loves what's going on right now. Oh, yeah. This guy loves it, loves it, loves it. And, and, And you guys are stuck talking about it. You've got no choice. Yeah, can't bury the lead. Can't act like it's not happening right now. Like It's still happening. I thought by the time I got on tonight, We'd be celebrating. We'd be taking calls about the future, about, man, this is the best quarterback we've ever had. What you know? What's the yeah. ceiling for this team? Well, I took too much time with it. I will say this. It's not going to work anyway. So <laughs> have a pause. But listen, we, we, we lost a good guy today. It's a sad day. It's a double sad day because you told me we signed Donaldson a year ago. So that makes it doubly bad. Uh, Dom, a but, year ago, they made a trade to bring IKF, Donaldson, and Ben Rortvet here to dump Gary Sanchez. Really, that's what it was. Instead of DFAing him, uh, to to dump his contract, where I think he was making like 6 or $7 million. All of that to get rid of Gary Sanchez. They thought they were onto something. I mean, I guess they won the trade because Gary's not in the league. He's playing for... Uh, DR in the World Baseball Classic, and Gio Urshela is no longer a twin. I believe he's with the Angels. He's also playing in a World Baseball Classic. But, man, all of that to get rid of one guy, I, I just I look at the well, money let, and I look at the production, and that was not it. Well, listen, I, I, I couldn't stand Sanchez anymore because no question he was lazy. Uh, Boone kept saying he was doing the work, doing the work. He was not doing the work. Because he was getting worse. He was asleep and at that, the wheel too much for me as as a catcher in this league for this team. You can't yeah. fall asleep behind the plate that much. Well, let me tell you a guy that did the work. Jorge Posada was not a very good catcher, but he made himself a decent catcher. He's a legend. Because he worked. He <laughs> it's worked, a di- way he different worked. vibe. We've got, so, we've got way Donaldson, too many Jorge moments to think of compared to you know, Gary Sanchez. The thing, with, the thing with Donaldson, Keith, you know, Cashman could have asked you or I, and the answer would be no. 
No, no, no. You know, terrible. But anyway, listen, I do have to have a word, uh, you know, on Pepitone because Pepitone was a good Yankee. Not very long. You know, he, he played well. He got in World Series. He played in World Series. He produced in World Series. <laughs> I got to tell you, so, you know, that, that this is in my wheelhouse, you know, age-wise. I mean, you know, I, I before watched Before my time. Before my time. I know time. it is. Well, let me say this to you. He helped Mickey get in a lot of trouble, okay? And Mickey didn't need any mm. help getting in trouble because he had Whitey <laughs> and he had Billy Martin getting him in all the trouble he needed. But, you know, Peppertone. <laughs> Way before Instagram, they they were getting <laughs> into trouble that nobody could record. <laughs> Peppertone, Peppertone helped. So, you know, Keith, the burn in my saddle tonight is that they're, they're, they're thinking about forcing uh, uh, Stanton into the outfield, okay? And, and, and you know, it's, I, it's I'm already happening. Yeah. He's going to, they said he's going to play up to 60 games. And he has to. And the problem with that is you're taking one of the best right fielders in baseball out of his natural true position where you literally put the judge's chambers behind him. You're moving him to the left field, and he's going to play some center field with Harrison Bader out. See, one thing leads to another. This Aaron Hicks thing, is, is, it's, it's, it's bleeding the Yankees out. This guy can't play center. He can't play left. So you 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 every trade deadline have to go get another left fielder. Then you go get Harrison Bader when he was damaged goods and he still got problems. He's not ready to play center field. You can't put Hicks there. You got to move Judge there. Who's I don't know. It's just one thing leads to another, well, and they have well, only themselves me, to blame. Keith, here's my feelings on that. Stop moving Judge around. You're gonna you know you're gonna screw the kid up. And you you have him on the hook for forty million a year for the next nine years. You want to make that contract look even worse. Have him changing positions and running around more than he needs absolutely, to. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I don't care which position it is, but whatever one it is, well, it should be center or right. But you know, he's the best right fielder in baseball. But here's the thing, Keith: they're trying to get Stanton in the lineup uh, uh, in the field. So that they can DH LeMayhew, yep. so that they can play Donaldson at third base. Yep. It's not working. Glaber Torres can only play one position in the infield, so you know they 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 they've held on to him too long. I don't know what his actual value is. Who's that? Glaber Torres at second base. He can only play second. I loved Glaber Torres. The ball used to jump off of his bat. I don't know what happened. I think he got home run fever, you know, the the loft angle and all that crap. And, you know, I'm willing to – I said last year I'll give him another year, and now i got to give him another year possibly. But as far as uh, trading, he's certainly tremendous trade bait. And, you know, they don't have a spot for LeMayhew. It, it's unbelievable. You know, put him on third base or second if you trade Torres. And 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 forget about it. You, what are you going DH Lemayhu? Are are you goofy? And and he <laughs> he is there any way? Let me ask you this: uh, Is there any way that Stanton is not going to get hurt in the outfield? Anyway, there's nothing to to lead you to believe that he's going to be healthy all year. He, what year in the last five years that he's been a Yankee was he completely healthy? His first year. He's, he's yeah. five years older than he was that first year where he hit 38 bombs and it seemed like he carried the team. Like, I don't know, and man. I, Keith, I didn't like him, and I don't like him, but I will say, and I know you'll agree, when he's hot, he is 
sizzling hot. Yeah, they and need I'm him. To accept him as the DH, and that's the end. Judge isn't hitting first. sixty home runs. Who's going to replace that production? They need him to be healthy. They need him to have a forty home run season, along with Judge having a forty-five home run season. Well, he's not going to stay healthy playing the outfield because he's awkward out there. It's that simple, and he's you know just let him sit on the bench and bat. He gets hurt enough just batting for crying out loud. And one last thing, Keith, we got we got. 32 minor league teams. We don't have an outfielder someplace? Really? <laughs> they have a few. They have a few, but they're not going to run those guys out there because like, they have a few. They have a few guys in camp that have turned heads from Rafael Ortega to Willie, Willie Calhoun. Everybody's talking about Jason Dominguez because this kid is hitting bombs. He's not ready, and I don't agree with people that are saying that he should uh, be. Keith, I'm going to say it one more time. In 1996, was Derek Jeter ready? I don't think so. How'd that work out? Yeah, different Boy, times. The young guys, are you kidding me? Different and times, you know, and they didn't really have uh, another you, option, you know. I don't know. You want to do something I'm not making for excuses the for the Yankees. I'm going to be the last guy making excuses because they're on my last nerve. Uh, you want to do something for the fans? Just release picks. Matter of fact, do it for him because the fans are going to brutalize Yeah, he can't play. It's done. He, he can't. Yeah. He can't play here he can't I don't even know if he can play anywhere else because the way he is in the outfield is is, it's concerning and uh the Yankee fans are relentless I was just reading an article about how in this game today against the twins Yankee fans were heckling Joey Gallo they're never gonna let it go so you know Keith they're not totally stupid they didn't go after that uh, shortstop from Houston because they knew that the fans would brutalize the guy in New York his name escapes me. I don't know. The Carlos Correa. Uh, Correa. But they never really went after him nope. because the fans would have brutalized him. And, you know, and there were they, a ton of Yankee fans screaming, go get Carlos Correa, and the Yankees never entertained it. Yeah, well, I wasn't interested. But the Yankees would have, you know, a lot of fans didn't didn't like him either. But, you know, for crying out loud, you know, we 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 got more holes than, than Swiss cheese right now. What the hell is going on? And there's so many guys, Dom. That's the problem. Thank you for the call. There are a ton of talented players on the Yankees. When I look at the Yankees, I'm like, they have a bunch of guys. But they have a log jam in the infield. And then when you look at the outfield, like I said, now you got a problem. Bader's got an oblique, and he's the guy that has to run and dive and be all over the base paths and the outfield. And oblique isn't just naturally going away in the next couple, like, you got to actually take your time and make sure he's good to go, and not for April, not for May. Like, they got to make sure he's good to go and come back and play the rest of the season. You, The Yankees know what they have to do in that you have to patchwork it together because you need Bader and everyone else, second-half run. And again, I've been saying it for a while, the Yankees' World Series might not be the actual World Series. It's beating the Astros. That's all the Yankees fans. No, even in the ALCS. And maybe in the regular season, honestly, for some Yankee fans. If you beat the Astros in the ALCS, I honestly think that's more important to you guys than 28. Because they live rent-free in every Yankees fan and the New York Yankees heads. One one other thing, a little tangent on the Aaron Rodgers front. Nothing happened. Garrett Wilson tweeted out this about 30 minutes ago. I ain't going to fake it. I thought Dove, bro tweet was the news break I was waiting for. SMH, I don't know anything. Sorry about that. Uh, so, 
Dove Kleiman, who's the big NFL. He gets everybody. He got me with something, too. So, I think I said something on air that he tweeted out that ended up not being true. So he, Dove He's res- a poser for real. Well, Dove responded. I aggregate the news from Wingo as the source. He's credited in the tweet. To Dove's defense, <laughs> Dove didn't say, I'm here. He simply retweeted Trey Wingo and said, hey, this is what's going on. So I'm going to blame Garrett a little bit there for not realizing what was going on. But um, see, this sucks. I, I feel bad for that kid because Garrett Wilson is a, another kid, a child, and all he wants is a quarterback that can throw him dots consistently. He had a great year at age 22 without consistent quarterback play. He's on vacation. He sees something that comes through the NFL free agency, all the news, whatever, that says, I'm hearing Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is done. He plays for the Jets. He's celebrating. He's having a good time. And now people are looking at him thinking he had inside information from, I don't know, Joe Douglas or Rob Sala or anyone in the building, and he didn't. He said he's on vacation. He's far away from the actual Jets Thanks and what's going Bart's, on. Yeah. I don't, listen, you know what, dude? You're young. Put your phone down. No, but go, he, he go, can't. Go enjoy None the beach. None of these kids can. They just in, put together a whole YouTube video burning a cheese head trying to get Aaron Rodgers to come here. Go. Go. Enjoy the beach. Enjoy some clubs. Enjoy gambling. Mm-mm. Put your phone down. He's whatever, consumed like all of us are. Whatever is whatever is going to happen will happen no matter what he tweets out. He's. I'll tell you this much. He will not tweet anything out again until the Jets tell him to. That I will say on this on this note. No more burning cheese heads. No more none of that. He will be off the grid on the Aaron Rodgers stuff until it's confirmed. <laughs> That's a guarantee. And he should be on. Go get a tan, man. Go be running on the beach. Somewhere Aaron Rodgers is like, whatever. Let him sweat a little longer. Let him think about it a little longer. And and sir, and, and again, I don't know what, what Aaron Rodgers are we getting. Am I getting the Aaron Rodgers from last year who didn't complete a throw? Who legit looked like he almost quit on his team? Am I getting that Aaron Rodgers? Or am know. I getting get the Aaron Rodgers from three from three years ago who won the MVP and is gonna be really, really like motivated to win because everyone thinks he's trashed? We don't know. And that's why we wait to watch. And that's why this is so intriguing. There's a thought that maybe Aaron Rodgers really has something to prove again and wants to light the league on fire with the Jets. And there's also a thought that he's 39. Maybe he's past his prime. He didn't look that great last year. He hasn't looked that great in like Maybe he's done. Maybe he comes to the Jets and it's not what everyone thinks, and we're hyping all of this up too much. Philip is in Jamaica, Queens on the fan. Go for it, Philip. Hello, thank you. Uh, thank you for my call. Always great to talk to you. I, I want to talk about Aaron Rodgers. I'll make a couple of points. And the Jets in general. Number one, everyone says that the Jets are this playoff team and Super Bowl bound, possibly, especially with Rodgers. But don't forget, the last eight games, the Jets did not have a defensive turnover. And if they were a playoff-bound team, they would have beaten teams like Jacksonville. They lost 20-3. to They lost to Detroit. No quarterback. The real problem was they weren't able to score a touchdown in those last six, seven games. I think it was six games. Yeah, but the defense really wasn't. They gave up like an 80 or 90-yard touchdown to um, – I know a lot to of pressure Lions? was on the defense. To the Lions, right. Exactly. I, I know, and Lions. I watch those games, but I, I honestly think, and Aaron Rodgers changes all of that, right? The defense gets tired having to go three and out. Oh, we're back on the field. Got to go stop them again. I really don't look at the Jets' defense as the issue at all because even in those games that they lost, 
Like, they were able to hold teams under 25, 20 points. And it's like, okay, if you could do that again next year and have a quarterback that can almost guarantee you two touchdowns or so, like, you know, it's a big difference. When you're going, they had to go to Chris Streveler in that Jags game. That's not right. They they had no choice but to go back to Zach Wilson after benching the guy, after the guy was inactive, after the guy had his hoodie up looking like Anakin Skywalker on the sidelines. He was done. And they had to play okay. him again. And the other point I want to make is I find it very concerning that there's no other team interested in Aaron Rodgers. It only seems to be the Jets. Mm-hmm. And all the other options are running out. Delfiano signed with the Raiders today. White signed with the Dolphins. So if if it's not Rodgers, who would it be? So all their marbles is on Rodgers, and that's very concerning. And I'm also very concerned. No other team was interested. And why would that be? Is it because they think the Jets had the inside track? Or do they know other teams know something that the Jets are no, don't, don't know and the Jets are taking a big, big gamble? I'm concerned that, about that. Yeah, well, we're going to find out, and that's the whole thing. Thanks for the call, Philip. We don't know. We don't know why there is an interest from other teams, or is there a mystery team, right? You would think, as we in New York are talking about, he's a four-time MVP, a Super Bowl champ, a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay, then why aren't multiple teams in this race for him? And maybe now the Jets are feeling, you know, what some of these other teams are feeling like, hey, Aaron Rodgers is not it. He's a headache. And all I kept saying was he's given us this feeling of leaving the Jets at the altar. This isn't right. I'm I'm honestly bothered. We are coming up on 9 o'clock on the day that NFL free agency really started, right? There's been probably 20, 30 signings in the last nine hours. And the biggest one of them all we're waiting for, which would be a trade, we're, we're waiting for that. We thought that that would happen last week before we got to today. We thought that would happen today. And the new league year, I think, officially starts two days from now. But, no, this guy loves it. He lives for this. He wants to see NFL Network and all of these people. Oh, what? what's the source? What's, I didn't I didn't get that. Oh, well, there's and Trey Wingo saying this. Dove Kleiman saying it. Garrett Wilson tweeted. Now Garrett Wilson's retracting his tweet. The Jets are scrambling. What's going to happen? I don't like it. I don't think it's fair. It's not fair to the Jets. It's not fair to Jets fans. It's not fair to us here at WFAM, but it is what it is. You're playing with fire. 877-337-6666. We're two hours in. I feel like we've done more than talk about Aaron Rodgers, but we're going to continue that conversation as well as talk about the Yankees, as well as talk about everything else from the World Baseball Classic to March Madness and NHL, NBA stories too. Keep McPherson on the fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. 